Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Mara, we are here to talk about one of our favorite issues of the year, the best and worst. Now, this is always a weeks-long process where we have to look back on everything that happened over the course of the year and remember those stories from January and February that seemed like so long ago and really examine what deserved praise and, uh, you know, what didn't. Um, (laughs) Every year we say we're going to start a list in January and add to it all year because it would make it easier, but we never do. Um, (laughs) But I'm going to give a big pass for this year because, you know, COVID. Uh, But speaking of that, uh, 2020 was unlike any other because we had three shows, Bold and Beautiful, General Hospital, and Young and the Restless that didn't air for a few months. Um, And then, like, in a way, it made it easier because we had fewer things to choose from. Um, But then we also had an embarrassment of riches, if you will, from days since that show was the only one that consistently aired all year. Um, I mean, like, they did four weddings alone in July, so they certainly gave us something to talk about for Best and Worst Weddings. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry to say that the nuptials we went with for worst, Eric and Nicole, were kind of a shoo-in because, you know, fans of that pairing had been waiting and waiting for them to finally make it to the altar. And it just didn't feel like a ceremony that was treated that way. You know, it was sort of more on the low-key side, not the the kind of grand spectacle you might expect of a decades-in-the-making affair. It was harder to choose best wedding um, because days alone gave us so many options. Um, and that's an instance where we, you know, we talk it out and we try to reach a consensus. And I saw online that some sin fans were very miffed that their wedding wasn't picked, but given not only uh, what they went through before the wedding, but what happened to them in the wake of the wedding, it really seemed to us like how could Ben and Sierra not be most tortured couple. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of a more tortured couple this year than those two. I mean, let's let's review. So he was almost executed. Uh, Then a bomb exploded at their wedding. And then he was taken captive and stripped down to his skivvies and then tortured by even Vincent. 
And then just when it looked like they would finally be happy, Ben was programmed to kill Sierra, which didn't happen. But Vincent took her hostage and either killed her or made it appear that she's dead. And like, either way, come on, people like that screams most tortured couple to me. Um, You know, as for Nicole and Eric, I got a lot of flack from readers for not putting them on the cover in July and doing a splashy wedding piece in book. But, you know, I really had no choice because we literally had zero photos from that wedding. Uh, There was not a photographer on set that day and nothing was taken of them. So that really is the main reason why they were worse wedding. I mean, I'm, I'm with the readers, you know, like I get it. I waited 22 years for them to tie the knot. But for whatever scheduling reason, when Dave's was shooting their nups, it just wasn't covered in the same way the other three were. There is very little that pains us more as magazine editors than photos not existing of these key moments that we want to cover in the magazine. Absolutely. Um, now, we've given best show to B&B for the lion's share of the last few years, but this year that honor went to GH. And uh, I think GH had its creatives creative ups and its creative downs this year, which I can say of every show. But I think when GH was good, it was so good. You know what I mean? Um, The execution of the Mike storyline was pretty impeccable in 2020. I think last year, as strong as that story was, there were elements of it that fans weren't feeling quite so much. And I'm thinking specifically of Mike's romance with Yvonne, which I don't, I don't think was so successful and seemed to distract from the central relationship at the heart of the story that people really cared about, which is the Mike Sunny relationship. Um, but I think that story was a real highlight of GH this year. And I also feel like we wanted to salute the show for how many, you know, genuinely shocking twists it packed into the year and how ambitiously produced it is. Uh, I think the explosion at the floating rib that aired only recently is a great example of how much GH excels at pulling out all the stops to make exciting television. I mean, I couldn't agree more. There was definitely a lot to love on GH this year. Um, in a similar vein, story-wise, we gave best exit to the death of YNR's Dina, who also had Alzheimer's. You know, it was a really well-done end to that storyline and that last shot of her portrayer, Marla Adams, like meeting John in the great beyond, if you will, will definitely stay with me for a while. Um, As for worst exit, it really could not go to anyone but Daisy's hope. Now, I know the show was in somewhat of a bind because they didn't expect the last episode Christian Alfonso shot to be her last as hope, you know, when they broke for the COVID break. But that just speaks to the questionable thinking of sidelining that character altogether. I mean, hope is a mainstay of days, super popular, beloved by viewers. So when Christian didn't come back after the COVID shutdown, the writers were forced to pivot and just had hope like leave a note that she was going off to find Sierra. You know, it was a big letdown for viewers, no flashbacks, no look back at her contributions to the show over like three plus decades. And it kind of was a low moment for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the B&B front, we of course had to give most shocking twist to the tale that B&B ripped from its own headlines, which was Thomas Romancing Hope's Mannequin mm-hmm. lookalike. Uh, I honestly can't remember the last time B&B got most shocking twist, like insofar as, you know, Days and GH are the shows that lean toward the outlandish much more so than D&D. Uh, but that story definitely got some tongues a wagon. And uh, while we also gave best third-party interference to B&B's twin and her shenanigans to bust up Ridge and Brooke and Mary Ridge off to Shauna. I was very happy to write worst third-party interference for uh, GH's Dolores, Sam's parole officer who kept J. Sam from being together for the first chunk of the year. Um, But I do hope that people will read the section and let us know what they thought of our picks. I did also see on Twitter that plenty of Eli and Lonnie fans were quite happy with our selection of them for Best Wedding. 
Well, our guest today is one half of that duo. It's Lamone Archie, better known today's fans as Eli Grant. So let's check in with him and see how he's doing. Hi, Lamone. Hey there. Lamone, we are so psyched to be talking to you today. And we want to congratulate you kind of on Eli's behalf, we suppose, because Soap Opera Digest named Eli and Lonnie's ceremony as the best wedding of 2020 in our best and worst issue. What? Okay. <laughs> that's dope. Oh, wow. That's dope. I, thank you. I, 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 I'd like to thank the Academy and, and Soap Opera <laughs> Digest and, and everyone involved for recognizing a, a historic moment in, in days of our lives history. Uh, so thank you for that. I, I did, well, hang up, I, while I was talking to you guys, I hung up on Sal, she was calling me, but I have to call her and inform her in the news. Maybe she'll have a couple shout outs as well. Maybe she was calling to tell you and we still thunder. <laughs> mm, there, that's probably what happened. That's probably what happened. <laughs> well, remarkably enough, this was like the first African-American wedding in the 55 year history of Days of Our Lives. Yeah. What did like that part of it mean to you to, you know, be uh, part of that milestone for the show? Although, you know what, going back a little further, I didn't find out that um, uh, uh, that it, it, we were the first African-Americans to actually get married on the show until I hopped on Twitter one day and I was just kind of going through and people were talking about it and I was like, no way. So I kind of, you know, asked some people and, you know, going through history, I'm like, wow, we really are the uh the first african americans to get married on screen on days of our lives so you know it's it's always great to be a part of history um and as african american of course you want to be a part of of black history uh, of course it's a shame that it didn't happen before but we are you know we're truly thankful and, and glad that days of our lives you know chose us <clears throat> to um to to bring the first african-american wedding to the show and 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 we're thankful and we're just happy you know to get it done and on top of getting it done to win uh, a soap opera digest uh recognition for it you know it's it's great and i think the fans enjoyed it as well so it, it, all in all it's a good thing i mean there were three other weddings that month so it's not as though there was only one wedding and you know <laughs> we went with yeah. that <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it was a it was a lot of troubles that were involved in it as well. You know, so you got everything in it. You got drama, you got love, and you also got uh, some black history in it with us jumping uh, jumping the broom. Right. We want so. to ask you about that. Um, was that something that you and Sal proposed? Yeah. Or they write it in? Yeah. Um, Sal and I, we were talking. Um, it was after a scene or whatnot. And I don't remember if it was her or if it was me. And, you know, we're like, oh, it would be a great idea if we could um, jump the broom, you know? Um, and I think even at this time, we had no idea we were the first African-American getting married on the show. And I, I walked away. Next thing I know, I look up and Sal's talking to Albert, who's the executive producer. And she's like, yeah, you know, we should do this, blah, 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 blah. And long story short, I think it was maybe the next day, um, I guess maybe he had went back to her and spoke with her and she came and told me, she was like, guess what? We're gonna jump the broom. So we were super excited about that. We were pumped. And I think they did a good job. They did a great yeah. job um, doing that as well. Even adding in, um, you know, a lot of viewers aren't gonna know the history regarding jumping the room. So 
Ron and, and the writing team, they, you know, they came up and, and not only put it in the script, but they also gave a little short, brief history of what it, what it was about, you know, and I thought that was great as well. Absolutely. Uh, okay, well, we will uh, surely be talking more Ilani as our conversation goes, but we also want to get to know you better. Mm -hmm. um, so you grew up in San Mateo, California, and you've described yourself in Digest interviews as like a really introverted kid and teen. Um, so when you look back on young Lamone, do you see any inkling, any hints that this guy would eventually end up in front of the camera uh, in, in show business? None, none at all. I mean, absolutely not at all. I didn't, and you know what? It's, I still am very much an introvert. I still am, I still hold on to a piece of that. But I do understand that there's a time to turn it on and a time to turn it off. Um, but no, I mean, back then I was very closed off. I mean, I wasn't even really going, you know, places where you need to smooth and, and, and do small talk and things like that. I was never a fan of that. I was the first one to be like, up. Oh, pass. I'm cool. Uh, I remember even when I first started um, doing commercial auditions, <clears throat> different from modeling, it was like, you know, they want to see the the warm, charming guy it, smiling and things like that. And that just wasn't me. I, I've been told for probably my whole life, as far as I can remember that I always look like I'm, I'm mad or I look mean or and, and I'm unapproachable. And on the inside, I'm so happy. I'm a very happy person on the inside. But it just doesn't, for some reason, it just doesn't show on the outside. So um, I had to learn that, you know, I kind of have to brighten myself up, have to smile more and things like that. And, you know, it's uh, half of me is like, oh, you know, hey, got to do it. It's, it's, it's part of the business. You just have to, you know, be open. And part of me is like, well, I just want to be my damn self. I don't want to smile. I'm not going to smile. You know, so I still... I still go back and forth with that. Um, I think I've kind of wavered off your question, and I probably don't even remember what it was. But here we are now. So where, what was you saying? <laughs> if, you, if you saw any indication, you know, when you look back, it's like, oh, yeah, I see now how clearly I was meant to be in the theater. But yeah. you're nope. saying no. No, not at yeah. all. Never would have guessed it. Well, if I have this right, after high school, you moved to L.A., which was not to pursue acting, but to live with an uncle of yours. And mm. you kind of stumbled into modeling, as you've put it. So tell us how that happened. Yeah, uh, I moved out to Los Angeles with my uncle and I was living in Torrance. I wish I had a great story on why I moved. I just wasn't really doing anything positive. Um, well, I won't say positive, but I just wasn't really making any progress in life. Um, so I was like, you know, I moved out here with my uncle just to try something different. At that time, I was I was uh, installing and refinishing hardwood floors. So I was a carpenter. And I was at a job fair, <clears throat> and this woman came up to me, and she was like, hey, you know, you should, you should be into modeling, and, you know, you should you know, be a model. And my initial reaction was like, and never, not even going <laughs> to happen. Um, so, she, you know, she was like, well, at least, you know, I turned her down. And she was like, well, okay, I have a, you know, I know someone who's a manager, just meet him. It's no harm in meeting him. So I met him and, you know, he kind of, you know, told me about some stuff or whatnot. And he was like, I have a fashion show that you can be in. You can make some money. Well, I needed money. I was looking for a job. I took the job. I got to the fashion show. There was a bunch of beautiful women. I walked up and down a runway a couple of times in some clothes and I made some money and the rest was history. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what is the most like memorable gig you ever did as a model? You know what? It's a show called Glamorama. And it was a part of Macy's, I believe. And we would do shows 
in three different cities, Minneapolis, Chicago, and I could be wrong. I think the last one was Los Angeles, but I could be wrong. And it was always, you know, we, each city we went to, we'd stay a while, we got to know everyone. And it was always so much fun because, you know, the people that were on the show, I knew a lot of them and we got to hang out, we had parties and come to, to, to the to rehearsals the next show, the next day, wasted from the night out. It was just always a good time. It was one of those jobs where, yes, you were getting paid, but you knew you were going out there to act a fool and have fun. And that was, that was by far, I would always love when, uh, when I would do Glamorama. Um, now, it was your manager who first told you to get into acting class and expressed confidence mm. that you could wind up on a soap if you did so. So did mm. you feel an instant connection to acting when you started getting into it? or not really no acting for me came extremely hard like it, it was not easy at all and again it was you know i i think i kind of tied into just me being you know more of a closed off person and not just you know open and and to other people as well so it was it was a push for me to really open up <clears throat> um so it did take a while you know i had to go to class and even when, you know, I booked the show on YNR, I, I wasn't ready. You know, it was like <clears throat> I was kind of just scratching the surface and I was thankful and, and um, really ecstatic that they brought me on. But I didn't realize till later that I just wasn't ready at that time. I, there was a, still a lot more work that I needed uh, needed to do. And, you know, I, I've come a long way and there's still so far to go. Acting is one of those things where you just never, in, in my belief, you never reach a point where you're like, okay, I got it down. There's nothing anyone else can teach me. I know it all. You never really hit that. You never hit that mark in, in this career. And that's one of the things that I, you know, I love about it is there's always things to learn. Every day there's, you know, new things that are happening. Um, <clears throat> so to go back to your question, no, it, it, it definitely, you know, it wasn't something that came easy and it wasn't something that I was immediately attracted to and, and into as well. <laughs> so like modeling. Before YNR, um, I think you actually had like an under five part on Days of Our Lives, which is funny. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you remember uh, like who you played and who you worked with when you made that like brief pit stop in Salem? Yeah, I remember um, <clears throat> I, when I played a police officer, uh, it was the first, first time I was on Days of Our Lives and I had a scene with Bo and Hope. And I vaguely remember what happened in the scene. I just remember being scared. Woo, I was scared. Um, and I, and again, I didn't really know what I was doing. I think my main focus was do not forget the line. I don't care how you say it. I don't care how it comes out as long as you say what was on the paper. That was my focus. I didn't care how I sounded. I could have, I literally could have sounded like I was reading the paper. It didn't matter as long as I got the words out. <laughs> um, so as far as, and I remember there was another scene I had where some, I don't remember who the girl was. She probably was a runaway and she had dropped the chain. I found her or something like that. I, I don't really remember the story too much. Um, but I just remember being scared and I just remember all that was like, just don't forget the lines and I don't want to mess up. It was my first time out there. I didn't, I had no idea what to expect. Well, literally eight years to the day of when this podcast will come out, you made your proper daytime debut as Mason Wilder, a great soap name, on Young and the Restless. Um, yeah. So what do you remember about your YNR audition? And <laughs> had you been in serious contention for a soap job prior to that? 
Uh, you know what? I think my manager, to answer your last question, I think my manager, like you said before, when um, when he scouted me, he was like, he was like, oh, you know, I, I, I definitely believe that I can put you in a soap opera. So I think it was always in his mind that he was like, that's first stop. We're going to be there for sure. My audition was um, for the role. Uh, I, I can't remember the role's name, but I remember it was myself and Redrick who's a uh, who's a friend of mine we both went out for the same role and he and i auditioned for it and my first uh, we had two scenes my first uh read was with kane right uh-huh. daniel okay D- yes daniel and my second um read uh it was all on the same day we tested with both of them was with uh his wife on the show and i can't remember her name right now what's what's her name i know oh, y'all uh, oh, oh sorry uh, crystal khalil yes yes okay so we tested with both of them my first scene with kane went really well my second scene which was like the uh chemistry read with again what's her crystal, name she played crystal Lil. She's lovely. Um, went horrible, horrible. <laughs> and I knew it too. It was one of those things I knew it. I was like, oh, that's, it's a wrap. So long story short, um, they saw that my read with Kane went well and they saw that my read with uh, Crystal was horrible. So they gave the job to Redrick, which well-deserving for him. And they did like me. So they decided to write in the character of Mason for me. So that's how I ended up getting the job as a, as Mason Wilder on The Young and Restless. So it was, it was a dude. <laughs> but it was it was all a part of the plan in in, in life. So um, on YNR, you worked with heavy hitters like Peter Bergman and Eric Braden. And your very first day, you were opposite Michelle Stafford. Mm. Uh, so like as you think back on your YNR experience um, and the year that you spent in Genoa City, what are the highlights for you? Wow, it's a good question. What are the highlights from YNR? <sighs> I think, you know, I, I don't know if I really can separate them. I think if I just put it all together, a highlight for me on YNR was just a learning experience. That was, that's a highlight for me. It was definitely a part of my history as an actor that I feel like was so needed, necessary. And, and for me, it was, it gave me, it just really made me grow as an actor because I think you need to be in a position or, or I won't speak for everyone, but I know for myself, I needed to be in a position where I could see what I was doing and, and things that I didn't like, you know, things that, that things that, that I was realizing about myself as an actor, you know, it, it's one thing to be in class and, you know, to put up a scene and you never see it, but to actually be on a TV show and, and get to watch it back. And, oh, okay. Well, these are things I need to change, things that I need to do different. So, and I mean, I don't even know if you can call that a highlight, but uh, we'll go ahead and do so. But I would say that that would be a highlight for me is just it being a learning experience, something that, you know, for a while I was like, I would cringe about. But now when I look back, I'm like, even though there's still a little bit of cringe, there's a lot of thankfulness and, and um, you know, looking back and, and grateful for that experience. Well, Mason was written out in early 2014. What were your feelings then about leaving the show? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I probably then I was like, really? They're writing him out? Oh my God. I thought I thought I was doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I, I, I didn't know, to be honest. I, I didn't know why he was, you know, being written out. I was just like, oh, I guess that's just a part of the process. I don't know. I was new. I didn't know what was going on. And I just, you know, took it for a grain of salt. And then you know, as later and you learn and you're like, oh, you understand things. You're like, oh, I get it now. 
I get it now. Okay, well, let's make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. Did you like have any um, ill will or any like reservations about doing another soap after it was a wrap at YNR? Um, no, I don't think I, I, no, I don't think I did. I think if anything, it was kind of like, for me, it was like a shot at redemption. It's like uh, a chance to, a chance to show growth. I'm not the same person that I was then, you know, I'm not the same actor that I was then. So no, I, I, I don't, there was, there was never a point, you know, in that timeline where I was like, oh, I, I did Y&R, you know, and I, I don't want to do any more soap. So no. Well, you did make your way back to daytime and uh, you made your Salem debut in 2017 as Eli Grant. So tell mm -hmm. us your days casting. Uh, days. So um, <clears throat> I had a read with Marnie. It was a one-on-one -on -one read with her. And then I think if I, if I remember correctly, uh, oh, then I had a second test with, or, or not a test, but a second read with production. And then I had a test with chemistry test with Camila and then a chemistry read with Vanessa. So I think I was in four times, if I'm not mistaken, um, for, for the role of, of Eli. And, you know, I, of course, the nerves were there, but I, there, there was a, diff there was a different um, level of comfortability um, at that point. And, you know, uh, it, I don't know if I really have any great stories regarding that. I, I just, you know, remember Vanessa being so wonderful. You know, I, I remember when I met her there, I was like, I just want to let you know, I love Julie Jack City. That was like, <laughs> that's my thing. Her her line in New Jack City, rock-a-bye, baby. That was my thing. <laughs> That was my, as soon as I seen her, it's like those words just ring in my head. Sometimes <laughs> even now, I'll see her walking and I'll just be in my head, rock a boy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never, I'll never let that go. Um, but yeah, so she was really sweet. Camila was really sweet as well. And, um, you know, we did our thing. And um, I think maybe about a week and a half, close to two weeks later, um, I got a call telling me that I, that I got the job. And I think I was at work less than a week later with, um, I think, like two episodes to shoot. So it, it was, I hit the ground and run it. Sink or swim. Sink yeah, or swim. Baby. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so what do you remember about your, like, first day uh, on the job in Salem? First job was, uh, first day on the job was pretty heavy. It was the, uh, this, uh, the, the day or the, uh, the scenes where I reveal to, or Eli reveals to Vanessa, uh, or, I don't know, um, uh, Valerie, that uh, he knows who his, his real dad is. And those were some uh, heartbreaking scenes for him. Uh, so it, it definitely wasn't one of those days where you, you walk in and you're just, you know, meeting people, you know, shaking hands. Hi, my name is Eli. Your name is Julie. Nice to meet you. Oh, okay, these are the people. And it wasn't one of those type of introductory uh, uh, days. There was there was tears and all that. So it, it, it was a serious day. It, it was a lot of weight that I that I felt on my shoulders because the the that moment w was so heavy and and I wanted to do it justice. And again, this is like I knew in the back of my head. This is the first time that you know a, a wide soap opera audience will see me since. Um, young the restless and I and I know you know they've got different viewers but some watch the same show um, so there was also a piece of me was like 
you gotta show them, you know? So I look back and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with, with what I did, um, you know, with, with my first day uh, on the job. And, um, you know, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that I like, sometimes I like to end questions with that word. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, well, did you feel there was anything that you had learned at YNR that then helped you when you joined Days that you might not have known when you joined YNR? Uh, I did feel more comfortable uh, just with the order uh, of things. I had been, I had worked on YNR, so I kind of knew how things were done. You know, um, I, I just knew more of what to susp- uh, what to expect, and I, and I think that was all. That was a help as opposed to me going in at knowing absolutely nothing. You know, I knew we rehearsed first. I knew we were going to do blocking and things like that. So just knowing ahead of time how things were going to go, I, that gave me a level of comfortability that, that I needed. Well, the character uh, of Eli was new, but he was crafted with really deep roots in Salem history as the son of Valerie and David mm-hmm. and the grandson of Julie. Um, so tell us, first of all, about working with uh, Susan Soup for Hayes, your Salem grandma. Yeah, she she is so great, so great. Bill uh, as well. They they bring uh, a, a certain shining light to days when when they're there. You know, they carry so much history on that show. They they're staples. You know, and uh, you know, I always say, you know, a lot of times. Well, let me let me re- let me rewind that a little bit. Sometimes people who have been on a job for many, many years kind of will tend to be know-it-all or, or, you know, feel like they are above everyone else. You know, they've been there. They've got seniority, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they are not like that at all. They are warm, you know, open arm, anything you need help, you know, with. They, they're like grandparents of not only Eli, but of the show. And it's needed, it's appreciated, and it's, you know, it's, it's something that I was thankful for and am still thankful for, you know, every day that I get to work with them. Well, you mentioned your lovely on-screen mother, Vanessa Williams. So tell us about mm-hmm. your relationship with her. Love, 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 love her. She is, um, she's not only my mother on the show, she's a friend of mine as well. Um, <clears throat> She's been over to the house, you know, we, we've hung out. So I, I, I mean, I, I can't say not one single thing bad about her. She's a great person and she's a hustler. She's a hustler. You know, if she's not at days, she's shooting, she's shooting a movie here. She's got Candyman that, that, that uh, will be out soon. And that's something, you know, that, that I, you know, I look up to her uh, about is she's, she's, she's always grinding, always grinding. Someone I can definitely look up to. So she's a, she's a great, great woman. Well, uh, that chemistry test that you did with Camila was not for nothing. Uh, Eli and Gabby were love interests early on and she's sort of been a uh, recurring character in his love life. Mm. So tell us about working with uh, Camila. Yeah, Camila, she she's great. You know, Camila is she is um she's she's like a fireball. You know, she um definitely someone you know I can I can laugh and, and, and joke with. She's got a a young spirit. You know, she she's a great person. She's um, I actually haven't worked with her uh, in a while. Uh, I don't think I've actually had a scene with her. Maybe since uh, that's I don't know if I'm even allowed to say that, but you just got it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but no. 
Camille, Camila's great. She, she, she's good. Well, uh, Eli transitioned from the FBI to the Salem PD pretty early on. Uh, and you've got Galen Gehring in the mix at the police station. You two have a lot of fun on social media, I feel, with each other. Um, yeah. So tell us about working with him and just kind of the jokes that go on when these cameras aren't rolling. Yeah, I always look, I always look forward to having scenes with Galen. I, I I just know, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, please let us get it together. Please let us get it together. <laughs> we get out there and we get on a roll. Uh, but I, I, you know what? Anytime I have a scene with Galen, it's something that, you know, that I look forward to and extremely happy about. We always, you know, we'll catch each other in the halls and we'll be always like, hey, where's our scenes, man? We're supposed to be cops. Where's our crimes that we're supposed to figure out together? Uh, so we we want more scenes together. Uh, we we like working with each other. You know, it's it's fun. You know, you want to go to work, and you, of course you want to work, but you want to have fun too. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Now, uh, Eli and Lonnie didn't start out as each other's biggest fans, but of course, their romance has developed into one of the big love stories on the show. So what did you remember about like the early days of the Eli and Lonnie relationship and beginning to work closely with Sal? I, you know, I, I think uh, Sal and I always knew in the back of our head that they would end up pairing the two together. And if not pairing them together, we always knew that they're going to give it a shot. They're least going to go there and try um she was her character was with jj and my character was with um camila um and i mean like you said we did start off you know on on the wrong foot and again we would always just say like we're not arguing for nothing you know (laughs) there's always something else going on you know why why are we what out of everyone here why are we beefing you know, so we, we kind of knew that they, they were going to go that route. But I mean, you just never know. We hadn't, um, you know, we hadn't had any scenes together where we were flirting with each other. So we didn't know if it was actually going to work with the fans or if it, we even felt any chemistry. So, but we just knew that at some point they were going, they were going to come together. Yeah. Um, now, did you two know each other before you came to the show? Yeah. Yeah. I've known Sal for, for many years. Uh, I've probably known Sal for... Uh, I don't know, maybe like 13 years or so. Uh, and th- this goes back to um, to modeling. And we have conflicting stories of actually how we met and, and who we know each other through. But we, we, well, we both have a, a, the same timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, Sal and I have known each other for many years. We've always been cool. Well, do you think that helped you create more of a, you know, on-camera warmth or vibe or um, yeah. relationship? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even when I when I got there and uh, we seen each other, we we're like, hey, hey, nice to see you. You know, so we we already had that. I won't say friendship because I mean we knew each other, but we weren't like friends. We didn't talk like we you know we didn't speak to each other uh, often, just you know, except for when we see each other. But there was always there there was already that that thing of for me it was a she was the only person that I knew when I showed up to work. You know, so she was someone that I can talk to. So it was already the just the building block of like this is a person I know, and if there's something I want to talk to talk to to someone that I trust, well, I can go to Sal because I know her. So it it was definitely a building block that uh, we utilized. 
So now that you like have been working with Sal for uh, a while and gotten to know each other better, clearly she has your phone number now. (laughs) (laughs) How would you describe, you know, the friendship and relationship and vibe that you have with each other off camera, you know, after a couple of years getting to know each other better? Sal's my friend. Like she really is. She's my friend. Um, God, you, you know, we, we spend so much time at work and it sucks now because before uh, the pandemic hit, she would always be in my room. We'd be chopping it up. We'd go grab lunch. We'll come back, you know, and and we would just hang out in the room, just chopping it up all day. And now we can't do that. We got to do everything over Zoom or or not Zoom, but um, this little app and and FaceTime and it's whack. So, I mean, it's, it sucks, but you know, it is what it is. We got to do what we got to do. But she legitimately is like a good friend of mine, you know, and someone that I believe that even, you know, if we were to, you know, part from days, she is definitely someone that I would, you know, we would keep in contact for forever, I would think. Um, what would you say are your favorite Eli and Lonnie moments? Favorite Eli and Lonnie moments. Um, I enjoyed the um, scenes after the when the first marriage didn't uh, didn't work out, and we had those scenes in the uh, little bench area. I don't remember what it's called, but when we had those scenes, I enjoyed those scenes, even though they were very heartbreaking scenes. They were, you know, something that I'll look back on at, at, at a time where we really like we're vulnerable with each other and you know they're just really heartfelt i think we even watched them together and we're you know i got my arm around her we're just like oh it's so good or we're just really pleased with the work um so i would say that's that's one of them and and jumping the broom so so both weddings then both you know Mm -hmm. both weddings i i think you know there's a lot that goes into uh we spoke about uh was jumping the broom and just getting to share that moment with her uh so i would say those two those two moments so why do you think the this couple connected so well with the day's audience i think they just saw you know the chemistry that that we have like i said we were friends before and we're comfortable with each other you know and and we work well with each other we have fun you know even even when you know things are are, are serious you know we still have fun working with each other you know it, it's it's that thing it's like i could have a month straight of scenes with Sal. And of course, we, of course, you know, we want to work with other people, but it's, it's never that thing where it's like, Oh my God, like I've been shooting scenes with you all the time. Like I want to, I want to work with somebody else. No, we're cool. We, we actually enjoy working together. And I think it's something that, you know, the fans can pick up on. There's a level of, of comfortability that I have with her and that she has with me that it's hard to get with other people, you know, and I guess that's what they call chemistry. You know, it's something that um, I believe that, that we have, have and um, you know something that we worked on as well you know it's it, you can have immediate chemistry but as time goes on you build you know with that person and and um, your level of comfortability grows and it only shows more um, well for me I would say um, some of the standout scenes were in the wake of David's death um, you know they're mm-hmm. really emotional uh, what were those like for you to play and especially being a dad yourself in real life yeah you know I've I've spoken that before and I, I 
That um, there was a disconnection for me, and you you mentioned me being a dad, and I you know I was drawing from that, and I have three kids, and for me personally, it took time for me to really develop that love. Like it, it, when a mother has a baby, and I I I don't want to speak for any mothers because I don't know, but I'm just going off what I've seen. When they have a baby, it's even when the baby is in their belly, they they have this immediate attachment and love a motherly love with the child that I personally didn't get immediate. I, I had to, you know, the bond had to, to build, you know, and I don't know if that's me or, you know, more fathers are like that as well. So <clears throat> I would say the disconnect for me was, was just trying to really dive in and just say, you know, like, oh, I have the same love for this child that, that she as the mother has for it. And, you know, they wanted that shown and, you know, I, I hope that I, I, I showed it and, um, but yeah, there was, you know, it was something that I even spoke to producers about, you know, they had in there, you know, more times than I probably would have liked, you know, Eli is distraught or Eli and I, you know, I kind of pulled the, um, producer to the side and I was like, Hey, you know, this is my experience. And, you know, I understand that he's going through it, but I just don't know if Eli would be breaking down immediately like this, you know, and and I kind of wanted to show a little bit of my take on it as well. And they were, you know, they were okay with that. So, Which is, and, uh, it, and it's also, I mean, it's, it could be a different take that it, that is, you know, some people will, you know, uh, uh, like, some people won't like it, you know, it, but it, but it's a different, it's, it's an actor's choice. Um, so in 2019, Elan tried to get married, leading to those heartbreaking scenes uh, mm-hmm. after she had to break up with him. Uh, then they finally do get their happy moment this, this year. Like, were you as the actor bringing this story to life? Like, were you excited for them to actually get married? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, 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 in my mind, I was like, oh my God, there's no way in hell we're going to get up to the altar again and it's not going to happen. Like, can you imagine two failed weddings? No way. So yeah, I was, I was excited to get it done and, you know, to, they had such such a roller coaster that that they had been on and i was excited for them finally to get off of it i mean of course you so care so couples are never going to get off the roller coaster but maybe they can get on a different roller coaster so i was happy for them to get off of that ride and and move on to the next well, the funny thing is, if we really look back on the last year or so, you've had three on-screen weddings because then there was yeah. the Gabby wedding. I mean, yeah. that's a yeah. lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eli, he, Eli has definitely been on every, well, and I won't say every, but a lot of roller coasters in the theme park, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And a lot of time in formal wear for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like to think that I, you know, Eli was looking pretty snazzy on every occasion. You know, he was. He brought it to each wedding. You look to look different each time. Yeah, (laughs) but it's fun. It's it's you know it's fun, and uh, it's something that you know as an actor you always look forward to the big moments. You know, whether they turn out right or whether they you know they don't. We we appreciate those moments. Did you have any like real jitters on any of them? I mean, does it make you nervous to be the center of attention in that way in those scenes? Like, there's a lot of pressure to like deliver. Yeah, you know what? I I always thought you know I used to watch movies and I would see you know actors giving uh giving their performance in front of like huge audience you know whether they're in an auditorium or whether they're you know speaking to 
to hundreds of people or whatever it may be. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can never do that. I'd be so nervous. But now that I've kind of, you know, gotten to do it, I actually like it. I, I like doing, I like doing scenes like that where I get to, you know, speak in front of a lot of people. Um, so am I nervous? Nothing, nothing that stood out, you know, where I remember it like my first day on dates or anything like that. But uh, no, I mean, I, I like scenes like those. Um, so uh, after marrying Lonnie, Eli officially became a member of yet another really important historic days family, the Carver family. And you have a grade A father-in-law mm. in James Reynolds, who plays Abe. So uh, tell us about working with Mr. James Reynolds. James is like the wise man that I can go to. Uh, he's Phil, you know, he's got so much knowledge. There's been a few times where things have come up. Um, one of them being the the scenes that we had to do where Julie was speaking on the whole Martin King. Um, uh, I think as she said, uh, I, I forgot actually what she said, but she, you know, she made some remarks about uh, uh, Martin Luther King and, you know, African-American history and things like that. And I remember when I got the, the scenes, you know, I, I, I wasn't feeling it. You know, I, I definitely felt some type of way about it. And I, I went to, to Abe. He's someone that I can go to and, and have these serious conversations with and, and, and someone that I trust his opinion. And um, I, I went to him and I spoke to him about it because I was feeling really negative about it, you know, to a point where I was like, you know, like, I don't want to do this. I'm feeling it. And, you know, I had a good talk with him about it. And he made me, you know, he made me feel really comfortable with it and made me see it the bigger picture in it all. Um, so going back to Abe, he, he's definitely someone that, um, that I need, you know, on, um, on the show and on, and behind the scenes, he's definitely someone that's, that's needed. Well, we did see some of Eli's backstory explored when they introduced the character of Sheila, uh, played by Tian Watkins. Um, you know, what was that like for you? First of all, to work with Tian and also just that you kind of got more of a picture of who Eli was before he came to Salem. Yeah. Yeah. We got some history, Eli's history when, uh, when she came on the show and she's, she's so fun to work with. Like, so, 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 so. So fun to work with. I was actually, I, I was probably, I was nervous working with her just because I grew up listening to TLC and, and their music. And so it was, it was kind of a, a, a surreal experience to, to be across from her having these lines. I remember it was a little weird at first. I was like, wow, like you're Sheila, but no, you're, you're T-Boz. I'm like literally saying lines with T-Boz right now, you know? So that, that, that took, you know, a second for me to just really get rid uh, of, of, <clears throat> of Lamone who wanted to creep out, you know, and, and sit here and, and have a conversation about the music instead of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but no, she's, she's so down to earth. She's so cool. You know, she, she's a hoot to work with. It's, it's just fun working with her. Very fun and, and relaxed and, and, and she's funny as well. Um, now Eli is set to become a father to twins. Uh, Lonnie's due date is right around the corner. They're a little, uh, separated right now on mm -hmm. screen. So, uh, what are your hopes for the future of Eli and Lonnie and their family? Well, they, I hope they'll work it out. You know, like I said, they've been through so much to let someone on the outside who is a quote unquote friend 
ruined their, you know, their, their marriage. And, you know, they've worked so, you know, they've worked so hard at, and, and at a point where they're now about to bring two babies into the world, it would just be a shame for them to not be able to work past that. And um, if you ask me, Lonnie's just got to get her sh- together. Cause she's, she's tripping, you know, he did his job. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. He's just doing his job. You know, she's, she's all stuck up on, uh, on, uh, on Kristen. You know, I don't know. Maybe they had a little secret relationship going on. (laughs) In that <laughs> <In the> <laughs> None house. Who knows what was going on? Eli sure isn't privy to it. <laughs> Those are going to be some steamy flashbacks when we find out. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, well, we. It was so great to talk to you today. We thank you for joining us, um, and sure. you know, look forward to a little special Christmas day for Eli and Lonnie. We won't say why, but people should tune yeah. in. Yeah, and hopefully, some happier days with them soon. That's right, and we hope you have a really happy holiday and a wonderful 2021. Yes, same to you guys. Be safe, stay Corona free, wear your mask, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Lamone Archie for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.